Hello, and welcome to Radio Free Bay Ridge. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. This is your hyper-local progressive podcast focusing on issues in Bay Ridge. And today we are kind of expanding out ever so slightly to Staten Island again. A little trip across the Verrazano. As we have been wont to do in the more, NY11 more and more race. lately. So last Saturday, a group of students on Staten Island arranged a town hall for our lives, which is part of the national response to the Parkland school shootings. And it was really exciting to see people come out and support how these kids are driving the issue. Pretty much a who's who of local elected officials on Staten Island and our full NY11 congressional contenders array was there. There was one man who was conspicuously absent despite being requested and a few times saying, hey, hey, is Congressman Dan Donovan in the room? No? All right. All right. I'm assuming Grimm was also... Grimm was also not in the room. What really annoys me about this is how by not showing up, Mm -hmm. they're making this a partisan thing. Well, so we're actually going to talk a little bit about that with our special guest today. We were lucky enough to speak with John Papanier, who's one of the students who was instrumental in organizing the town hall. Um, And he was generous enough to call in and have a bit of a conversation about it. So today we want to say thank you so much to John Papanier, who's coming on the show from Staten Island. John was really involved in putting together the New York 11 Town Hall on gun control for the March for Our Lives. It's a great pleasure to be talking to you guys today, and I really appreciate you guys having me on here. So one of the things that was really interesting about the Town Hall and the March is it's all been led by young people. Could you give our listeners a little bit of a background on who you are and how you became involved in this? Because I know you were very instrumental in a lot of it. Yeah, so I'm a senior at Susan Wagner High School in Staten Island. So I've been really involved in politics since I'm 10, but I never really did anything like on the side, getting involved in marches or anything like that, like I'm doing now. And when I saw what happened in, in Florida and I saw the kids starting a rally in their local community and using their voice, I was really inspired because I really didn't think I had a voice before all of this. And Ryan Deitch and Emma Gonzalez, David Hogg, Cameron Kasky, they all really proved to me that I could use my voice. And they were a big reason I got involved in this, for sure. And I just didn't want to see their friends or anybody in general infected by gun violence be another statistic. One of the things that's been so interesting is watching the amount of agency and drive that you guys have had. What kind of steps did you have to take to go from, hey, I want to be involved, to... Now there's a march. Now there's a town hall. Well, this is really hard to get involved in. I'm not going to lie. When I first heard about it, it was really emotional process to let it sink in, especially since I know that community very well. Um, And I've been down there a few times, so it kind of hit me close to home a little bit. You know, I had to make a lot of phone calls to uh, a few people if they knew any groups were started yet. And then I just researched it on Facebook happened to find the New York City group. And that's when I messaged the organizer of the New York City group named Alex. And when I messaged him, I told him I really, really wanted to get involved and be an organizer for this. I feel like I have the ability to do so. He obviously felt that I was really strong opinion on this and he let me get involved. So that's when Lindy found out about me and called me. And Lindy, that's Lindy Crescitelli? Yes. Yeah. He's been really fantastic as well. He heard from another friend that I was getting involved in this stuff and he really wanted to work with me. He invited me down to D.C., and I took that invitation for sure. And I continued to work with the Manhattan Group, but I also helped with going down to D.C. 
And that's really where it all started afterwards. Was it primarily you? Did you have like a committee of like-minded friends? I know there were a few different organizers there the other night from the schools. Right. So I didn't meet the other organizers from the other schools until that town hall, to be honest with you. And a few other meetings, I was meeting some of them and they were reaching out to me on Twitter and stuff like that or through my email. But I never personally met anybody until the town hall. I was always doing it solo with Lindy. What did you think of the town hall? Did it reflect what you guys were going for? Yes, I was very happy with how things went. I'm very happy to see Ryan Deitch show up. He was really excited to show up. He took that opportunity and ran with it because he heard that we are not being represented well here on Staten Island. When he came up here, he saw right through the BS of our politicians and called them out for it and helped us out with that. (laughs) And, you know, with Donovan not showing up, it it actually kind of got Ryan a little upset because, again, you're our congressman, you should be representing us. And he didn't even have the decency to represent us that day. And I think was it Devin who said something like it just shows that he doesn't know what the word represent means. Exactly. And and in my opinion, I don't think my life matters to him if he doesn't want to show up. I bet Donovan felt like it was the candidates who were attending that were driving this town hall. It's definitely a possibility that he felt that way. That's because we had mainly Democratic representation. Had we gotten Republicans, maybe it would be a little bit different. Truthfully, if he would have showed up, we wouldn't have attacked him for his political beliefs. That wasn't the goal. We didn't do that with any of the Democrats. Because, again, I have my own political beliefs that I don't really like talking about publicly. But I could have easily said something to one of them. And I didn't because that's not what I was there for. I wasn't there for politics. And I wish Donovan would have saw that because he could have definitely showed up. And we could have been civil and talked about this because this is about human lives. It's never been about politics. And they're making it very partisan uh, based off of what I'm seeing on TV. I don't think any of the kids in Florida intended for it to be political. They've come out from day one mentioning that they don't want this to be partisan. And they're right. It's not about red or blue. It's about human lives. The fact that it's a partisan issue seems to be because the other side has abdicated responsibility for showing up. In terms of like going forward, do you have plans for like what happens next? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to be working closely with a good friend of mine, Chet Kudik, and I'm going to be working with a few friends that were organizing both in Tottenville, Port Richmond, and Curtis. And we're going to try and get March for Our Lives groups started within the schools. And we're also going to try and get Lori Alhadef's Make Our Schools Safe organization within the schools as well. Her whole message of getting schools to be safe again, I agree, because there's a lot of schools that aren't safe. You can just walk right in and it's open campus or something like that. And I think that our schools also need to be safe. So I I really love the idea that Lori's got, and I really want to bring that within Wagner High School for sure and other schools. That's what's next. I know I'll also be speaking at an event this Friday at St. George Theater. It'll be a youth summit talking about my experience and where we go from here. Uh, That's another thing I'll be talking about on Friday. So I look forward to that as well. One of the themes that came up multiple times at the town hall was this idea, first of all, of mental health, and secondly, of the lack of mental health support within schools. This is actually something in our first episode we talked about in relation to gun safety. At the time, there had been the student who was stabbed to death and the idea that we need armed guards. And I thought it was really interesting that you guys were very vocal about the mental health side of this. Did you feel like you got satisfactory answers from the electeds or the candidates? Oh, or, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think every every candidate and, and elected official understands that our guidance counselors are not able to do their job at school when they're doing a lot more than is within their job description. Making over 500 students' schedules or whatever the number is in general, that's too much for one person to handle. And they never get the opportunity to, to speak to a student about their issues. And that's what they're really there for. 
So I always go to my teachers and it shouldn't be a teacher's responsibility. I'm very happy that the fact that they understand that that's a problem. And I'm glad that everybody was so vocal about that because at first I thought I was the only one that was thinking about mental health issues. But I'm glad to see I wasn't the only one. So speaking of going from thinking that you were alone on that issue to helping organize the town hall and beyond, what's the first action you took? How did you get your voice heard? Using social media has definitely been a big advantage because not many people understand social media except for the younger generation. And I'm very annoying on Twitter. I like to be heard <laughs> and I want people to see my DMs. So I'll, I'll message you a thousand times until you see it or until you block me. But, you know. That's just how I am. And then once you respond, I'm very cool with you. I don't have fiery Twitter fingers like Donald Trump does. I'm just doing <laughs> what I, you know, I'm just being the respectful person I need to be over social media. So after the lockdown at Wagner, I sent my interview with the advance to all of the Stoneman Douglas kids. And I wanted them to hear that this isn't just happening to them. It's happening to us up here. And we are afraid up here. And I wanted to be involved. And all of them started to notice it and see it. And I guess they started to learn my name after that. And same with the news. So you just brought up social media. And one of the things that has been commented on, and a friend of mine said this so well, he said, it's been an absolute joy watching politicians who are not taking care of this problem getting called out by young people who are speaking in your native language because it's social media. Um, do you think that beyond the the call-outs and beyond having, you know, these invitations to town halls, like, are you guys planning to try and meet with Donovan in his, you know, quote, constituent visit, anything like I that? I would or? be open to meeting with, with Donovan in a civil way. And if you wanted to meet with me tomorrow, I would clear my schedule completely just to do that. You know, I've never been more upset with him than right now, mm -hmm. but I could be a civil person. We're not going to sit there and talk BS or baby each other. You know, we're going to sit there and talk like man to man. But that's up to Donovan. I'd be willing to do that. And I think that's been something that's been very distinctive about this movement as opposed to other ones, is it seems like you and all of the other young people who are involved are having civil discourse and, you know, blunt, direct civil discourse, but civil discourse. There's certain things that I support about Trump that I like, and then there's certain things that I don't like. And I, I won't get into that now. I'm just saying, like, Donovan called me out as one of the organizers. His spokesperson stated that the organizers of the town hall are being orchestrated by the resistance. And that's not true. I'm the complete opposite, actually. I respect the fact that he's our president. I've never been one of those people to tweet hashtag not my president. Like, that's not me. That's actually really upsetting to me because, and Donovan, who says he's a moderate and says he's willing to talk to everybody. Is, is, I think he lied. Just yeah. I think he's just your atypical politician. He BSs you and just so you can get out of his face. That's my honest opinion on him. I really do. I think he's just that guy, honestly. Have they uh, ever attempted to contact you? I mean, before the spokesperson I emailed said Donovan's that... scheduler uh, about the, the town hall, got no message back. I contacted his office in Staten Island numerous times, got no answer. I contacted his office in Brooklyn where they sent me, the, they transferred me to the Staten Island office and still got no answer. Then I called its Washington, D.C. office where I was the only one that answered and they gave me the scheduler's email who then ignored me. Wow. Well, and that actually, I mean, that really speaks to how dedicated you've been and, and how much you really did try to make this an event where the whole community could come together and talk about a very serious issue. Oh, it's okay. I've been, like I said, at the town hall, I'll show up on election day. He didn't need to show up at the town hall at all. I look forward to voting him out. What would your message be to other people organizing similar events? Like, what can they expect to have to kind of go through to get this level of effect? 
Well, you're going to get a lot of emails. You're going to get a lot of media requests. I, I was very overwhelmed the day of, right, I had like six cameras in front of me. I, I was overwhelmed. I've never been more overwhelmed. But I've always been good at handling interviews, so it's odd. I was nervous. Still, in general, though, they could definitely expect that. And I think you'll expect a lot of people who want to help. And that's great. We love support. We love the help. And I think it's just best that you give them an email address, though. Otherwise, your phone's going to be completely, you know, mm, shut. Mm. That's how it's been. I've been really uh, busy and stressed out at the same time, but it's, I'm doing great. Would you be willing to just summarize what happens during a school lockdown drill? So when you get an announcement, they'll clarify it. They'll say it's either a soft lockdown or a hard lockdown. A soft lockdown happens to be that they're maybe looking for a student within the building or someone's in trouble in the building and they kind of just ran from the dean's office. That's fine. That's a soft lockdown. Uh, so I guess you consider the soft lockdown to not be as serious as the hard lockdown. When the hard lockdown gets announced, they will not mess around with that. In Wagner, my four years at Wagner, my first hard lockdown came a week after Parkland. And I had no idea what to do. I was in an administrative office. She had me sitting in front of the door, which was stupid. It wasn't her fault. I don't think she knew either. It was a small room. But I moved myself into the teacher's desk and just sat there. I wasn't in a classroom, so I can't say how they did it in a hard lockdown. I do know in a soft lockdown in the classroom, they turn the lights off, they put a sheet over the window, and you're supposed to remain silent. However, students end up roaming around and disregarding that and talking and stuff like that, and teachers can't do much. In the hard lockdown, I was told it's the same protocol, except they end up moving people to the wall. But on the day of the lockdown, we had students roaming free in their classroom and, and, and talking like it was nothing. So that needs to change for sure. They need to change the protocol. Do you think people aren't taking it seriously or do you think people are desensitized to the lockdown? Because I remember doing like fire drills. I don't drills, think people but... have enough knowledge on how to do the proper lockdown. That's what I think. I don't know how the uh, the kids in Parkland feel about this. However, I will say I do think that there needs to be more lockdown drills. We are the school shooting generation, said Ka- as Cameron Kasky said. We do have to go into closets and we do have to hide under our desks. And it's a shame that we got to do that. We shouldn't have to. However, while this is going on, I will say kids need to be more aware of how to handle this in classrooms. I do think there needs to be some more drills. That's just my own opinion. Thank you for that insight, because I think, you know, myself, I was a senior in high school the year that Columbine happened. So I went through the entire education system without ever having to deal with a school shooting. I think, Dan, you're a few years behind me. I had occasional lockdowns and I moved right from college into working in a higher ed environment as staff. We had to do active shooter drills and it was really just, you know, a retired NYPD cop comes in, tells you map out your floor, do this and that, and you're done. That's it. That's all you got. Almost certainly, I hope is different in public schools, but it's still like HR training. Shouldn't even have to be like that. Unfortunately, it is. You know, there's not much we can do at the moment, but we're going to keep fighting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm so sick of telling people that there's not much they can do because there's a lot you can do. And we're not going to let it be like it was in the past. Good. Well, you are inspiring all of us and all the work that everybody out there did was just amazing. And I know there's another town hall coming up in Bay Ridge next week, which is a little bit broader. Well, thank you so much, John. All right. Thank you very much. So I want to thank John for calling in and just giving us the time to talk because it's their time to talk. Rachel, my generation, your generation, generations above us, we absolutely dropped the ball on this issue. And and the result has been blood. Mm-hmm. Everyone, if you're listening, just make this easier for them. We were all young in our activist days. 
at some point and other people lifted us up and elevated our voices. You know, we certainly wouldn't be here doing this if that wasn't the case. And we need to do that for the next generation. With that, listen to the entire town hall. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually kind of a big ask. How how long was that? It's it's about two and a half hours. It's Wasn't it only supposed to be like two? It was supposed to be two hours. It went two and a half hours. I did live tweet the entire thing on the Twitter account at Radio Free BR. So have a follow, have a like. We will put that up on our website as soon as we can clean up the audio slightly. And also go to the one that's coming up in Bay Ridge. Mm-hmm. At the Staten Island Town Hall, it was sad that Donovan or Grimm couldn't show up and abdicated some of their right to have their voice heard. But let's be fair, the point wasn't for them to voice their opinions. The point was to listen to these kids. They drove that conversation. Absolutely. Every step of the way. And it was so gratifying when you see electeds who are not respecting their time limit, who are drifting off topic, floating into platitudes, to have a student up there who says, I'm sorry, your time is up. <laughs> I love that. It was, you, listen listen to the, the recording. It was great. So let's see in Bay Ridge who's willing to come and actually listen because the loudest voice was Donovan saying, basically, I don't think that any of this is valid. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. And disrespectful. Empathetic and ridiculous and a whole bunch of other words. And anyone, anyone, not just Donovan, this isn't about who, if you're an elected official or not, anyone who doesn't respect these kids for what they're doing. And what they're going through. Get off your high horse and listen. Because mm-hmm. stuff that's happening now, it's because we didn't do anything about it. And I will say, like, speaking with John and having him say, you know, anytime Donovan's office wants to reach out to him, I hope they take him up on that invitation. Hell, I hope that for all of the time that lobbyists write laws, every single kid who's volunteered to be part of this movement, have them write the law. That was actually uh, something that was offered at the town hall. One of one of them said they would help write legislation to achieve these things. The Bay Ridge Town Hall, which is on all forms of violence against youth, national and international, is going to be at the Salam Arabic Lutheran Church. That's um, 4140th Street. It's on 4th Avenue. It's really close to the 77th Street stop and the 86th Street stop. It's this Saturday, April 14th. It's from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. If you weren't able to make the Staten Island one, show up to this one. If you're a student who's interested in figuring out how to organize these things, go to one. Just because we have one in Bay Ridge doesn't mean we shouldn't have 10 in Bay Ridge. And continue to confront anyone who's not doing anything about this to start doing something. Because the point is, at the end of this year, we need to have comprehensive gun control legislation on all levels, state and federal. It's only going to happen when we make it happen, like they said, turn up. And criticize the hell out of anyone who won't engage with this debate. And until next time, stay free, Bay Ridge. Bay Ridge.